All right, here we are. Welcome back to the Spectrum Dad podcast. I'm your host, Fred Marvel. Today, I am talking with Lauren. Lauren is a speech therapist in the uh, school district of Philadelphia. Lauren, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, How long have you been a speech therapist? So I've been a speech therapist since 2017, so about three years. Um, I first worked with adults in a hospital in a acute care setting, but I missed kids. So I made the switch. This is now um, my third year in the district. Nice. Now, what, like, did you always want to be a therapist? Did you always want to work with kids or what led you to that decision? So in high school, I babysat for a family um, and she was a speech therapist and she kind of was telling me what she did because prior to that, I really didn't hear of it. It's not something if you, if you don't know anyone that needs therapy or you didn't get therapy, it's not really something that, you know, is at the forefront of your mind. Um, So yeah. And then the more she talked about it, the more I was like, oh, I think I would really like that. So I changed my major when I went to school and it ended up, I ended up getting into the program and I ended up really liking it. So it kind of was just a chance and it worked out for the better. Um, Through school, I completely thought I'm only working with kids. I'll never work with adults. I only want to work with children. And then when I was in grad school, I found that I really liked working with adults as well. Um, and my last internship was in a hospital. They had a position open. And what's your first job? You can't really turn it down. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got to get your foot in the door. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to do it. So, And I do still like that. But um, I did. I missed working with kids. And you can't beat school hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, what... Uh, what age are the kids you typically work with, like elementary school or high school? or? Yes. Yeah, so I'm full time in an elementary school, kindergarten through fifth grade. Okay. Um, my caseload, it, we work on a caseload model in the district. So my caseload this year there is very high. Um, I have like 67 kids right now. So wow. they won't put me at another school. Um, okay. In previous years, my caseload was a little bit lower. So they'll add another school. Um, and I've been in high schools as well. Um, but it, it, as far as the district goes, it depends on how many kids are at your school that are receiving services. Gotcha. Now, yep. like, I'm assuming, like, these kids can have, like, just run the gamut between, like, Alex, Alex had trouble pronouncing his R, so he did speech therapy for that. But, I mean, are there kids, like with severe speech delays or they're just completely nonverbal or yes completely um I remember in grad school they would always say like if you've met one kid that needs speech therapy you've met one kid because they're all so different (laughs) I know they say the same thing about uh, kids on the spectrum too yeah and it's so true um so yes my school I'm really lucky because I like working with the special needs population and my school has a kindergarten through second grade autistic support. And Mm -hmm. in that room alone, that it spans from um, kids that are nonverbal and that we work using speaking devices, kids who we are working on turn taking, um, just that those fundamental skills that you need in order to have a successful therapy session um, and kids that we're working on social skills. So even within that classroom alone, it kind of runs the gamut. Um, There's also two life skills rooms, and that's the same way. Some are 
get pushed out. They're in life skills to work on some of those life skills, but they get pushed out to the general ed classrooms um, for other parts of their day. And then there are some kids that have Down syndrome, nonverbal, kids that we're working on inferencing, kind of higher level skills. Um, and then there is, you know, general ed kids that just need help with their R's or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, um, my school has a very wide variety of kids. So, like, you're, you guys are, sounds like you're pretty, like, integrated. Like, they're just not coming to you for speech therapy. You're also working on social skills and turn-taking and stuff like that. For sure, yeah. Um, there's not really, you wouldn't really think of there's, like, five parts of language, right? So one of them is pragmatics, which is social mm -hmm. language. So that is something that we can work on. And it's something that you sometimes don't even realize you're working on, but you're working on right. it with every kid all the time. Um, yeah. And I do a lot of push-in uh, and I don't, with some of the classrooms, I'll go into the classroom and try to work on their goals and activities that they're already doing right. to make it more functional for them. Obviously, sometimes there is some times where we do need to pull them out and work one-on-one -on -one or in a small group, but it is great to be able to go into the classroom, especially for the kids that get a lot of services. Um, it's nice to not have to pull them out. Yeah, no, that's perfect because that's exactly what uh, Alex gets instead of pulling him out. He got pulled out for the speech therapy for his R's and everything, mm -hmm. but we're all, he, he has a push in that'll come in and work with him in the classroom. So he doesn't have to go to a different room or get singled out or anything like that. Yeah. Which is somebody nice. in the room. Yeah. And a lot all. of speech therapy goals are, you know, integrated into the curriculum. Language is in everything that we do. So mm -hmm. if they're reading a book, answering questions, asking questions, their ability to do that, we're working on that. If they're just following directions, in the classroom, that's receptive language. So I think we're pretty lucky that we do, that language is so integrated and that we can push in so much um, right. for that. Cool. Yeah. Now, what does that look like now though, <laughs> that everything everything's online? Cause uh, I've talked here, uh, I just recorded an episode today about some of our struggles with virtual learning. So. I can only imagine you've got a whole different set of, of struggles for all the kids you're working with. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. Just on the most fundamental level, getting yeah. the kids on. You know, right. when we're in school, I can go to their classroom if they, most of the time I do go to their classroom to get them because they are younger. I don't expect them to know their schedule and come to me. Um, but now, you know, I have my own Google Classroom link, but if they're not coming and they forget, you know, going to their classroom to get them is tough. And then it comes down to, okay, can you put me in a breakout room? Well, today the breakout rooms aren't working. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I post the link in the chat, if your parents not standing right next to you, are you able to follow right. the directions in order to do that? So yeah. just at the most basic and fundamental level, <laughs> it is very tough, a lot tougher then when you're in school and then just doing the therapy, like we said, some of my kids are just working on maintaining attention in order to demonstrate turn-taking. So right. they aren't 
attending to the computer screen. They're not. And if they are, it's for such a short period of time. They're not really, they're not getting anything out of it. Um, It's tough. Even the kids that are just working on articulation and those R's and things like that that are a little bit older in fourth and fifth grade, they'll forget. (laughs) You're going to find them. They come in. Well, then they're not muted. And then you're telling the one to mute. And then their background is really loud. (laughs) And the kids that are going to the daycares, the background is so loud because there's other kids. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this is craziness. (laughs) Oh, I know. We've we've been through it here with with both my kids, even, even Daniel, my second grader. They tried the breakout room once, <laughs> and I think that was the only time they they tried a breakout yeah. room. And like with Alex's push and support, yeah, you know, if he starts off in his gen ed class, like say for math, uh, nine times out of ten, he's going to forget that. Okay, at ten thirty, I have to switch over. Yep. you know, for my push and support for math. Yep. So it's like it a, is, you know, written out schedules and setting reminders on my phone. I so know. Just don't for them, and you know. And I feel horrible for parents because, as hard as it is for us, you can see these parents sitting at next to their kids, trying to work with them. Some of them on the computer, trying to do their job. Um, yeah. And in some of the houses that I know have multiple children, you know. I, I don't know how they do it. I really don't. So I know. Like, and I'll tell you, yeah. And I feel, I feel so bad for these kids because they've been completely like shut out from everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were going through Alex's diagnosis this summer and uh, we started his di- his uh, testing process right when the shutdown happened. So mm-hmm. We were left in limbo, like he, they were supposed to, you know, didn't complete it. And finally, like I called them up in June when everything started to open back up a little bit. Like, you know, we got to, what are we going to do? Yeah. Here? Like, let's, you know, and I keep thinking about all these kids that have more problems than he does. And, you know, they don't, you know, like a Zoom OT session or a Zoom speech therapy session isn't, isn't going to work. No. And even evaluating these kids. So we get new kindergartners and they come in with an early intervention, IFSP, an individualized family service plan. Typically we have to evaluate them so that they can have a school-aged IEP. We can't, I can't totally evaluate them virtually and know that I'm then giving them the right support. And I mean, at least for speech, yes, I can try and do some things. And I think that we can, do the best we can with what we got until we are back in school. But how can OT work or perform an evaluation? How can PT work and perform an evaluation virtually? You can't. So that's definitely been really tough. And I know, you know, the psychologists haven't been able to do their testing because that's so extensive. Um, So these kids that are coming in that don't have diagnoses and don't have supports you know to start i think that they're at a disadvantage because we just can't do oh i know know. (laughs) luckily for us with uh aba therapy at our house uh they finally uh relented and opened back up because at first they were like oh just um you know we'll we'll facetime or we can zoom or like 
you know, so they can observe his behavior and see what see what he needs. I'm like, how the hell is that? No, work? yeah, like, yeah. Supposed to follow him around like you, like like I'm his film crew. Yeah, because how are you supposed you know? to do that all day? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it is. It's oh man, I give you guys credit. I mean, you guys, I I, I hate complaining because. Uh, I know like everybody's trying to do their best yeah. and I, I can't imagine what you guys, uh, you and all the other therapists and teachers and everything are going through it on your Yeah. And it's, it's tough because we, no one got into special ed for the paperwork, right? No, one, there's a ton of it. <laughs> it's about probably yeah. 70% of your job, but that's not why anyone does the job. Yeah. Really? And now the best part, the reason that I wanted this job. The reason I got into this field working with kids has kind of been taken yeah. away because you're working with them, but not really, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's really tough. I asked one of my students the other day, I was screening him and his ability to respond to questions appropriately. And I asked him, I'm like, where do we go to school? And he said, not the Chromebook. I'm like, you are not wrong. <laughs> you are right on that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's just such a different time and I feel bad for them and I'm sure they miss the stability and a lot of kids especially in Philly school district the school is their the most stability they have and exactly yeah yeah and I mean general in general kids like routine and this has definitely thrown a wrench in the routine yeah well hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel and you know we'll all be back in school I hope (laughs) I hope (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, I don't want to take up much more of your time here. I really appreciate you coming. Of on. Of course. I appreciate a, you asking. This is, op- this is open my eyes because when I hear speech therapy, I think of what Alex went through, which, it, you know, it's, it sounds like there's way, way, way more that goes into it. Yeah, that. there's it's surprising. I think even when I got into it, I had no idea the, you know, the depth of what we did. Yeah. No, this has been great. Thank you so much. Of course, thank you for having me. All right. Talk to you later. I can't let you guys go without the dad joke of the day, so here we go. What do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. I'll talk to you guys next week. As always, you can find me on Instagram at the Spectrum Dad Pod. Uh, Feel free to DM me with any questions. If you want to be on the podcast, you're more than welcome. Just uh, shoot me a message. See you guys next week.